You are listening to Dove Valley Deep Divers with Eric Trickle and Lance Sanderson. Ball comes out of the hands of Newton. It's on the ground, picked up by T.J. Ward at the four-yard line. Vaughn Miller did it again. On Overtime Media. And it looks like we're live. We'll let this kind of hang out for a minute, make sure everything's good. Well, maybe not a minute, just a few seconds anyways. But mile high, hello everybody in Broncos country and welcome into another episode of the Dove Valley Deep Divers live podcast. I'm your host, Lance Sanderson, and joining me as always is my good friend and colleague. He is your Denver Broncos insider and mile high huddle senior NFL draft analyst, the one and only Eric Trickle. Eric, what's going on, my man? How are we doing today? Doing all right. I'm very tired. I uh, had to clean up out of nowhere like my daughter Rosie she just was sitting on the couch and then just threw up so I had to clean that up too like <laughs> so just a lot going on I'm very tired I'm hoping she's not getting sick I think she just got a little overheated and just like upset her stomach and she threw up a little bit um she's fine now out there playing with my with my mom but uh, yeah it's it's been an interesting fun day excited to be on here take a some time to talk about the Broncos and just interact with all of you guys, all you wonderful listeners out there and uh, just have a good time. Like we always do on this one, the not so serious, serious, the Valley deep divers. You know what? That's what makes this show so fun is the fact that you and I, uh, like I said last night, like Ray Crockett, we give it to you straight with no chaser and we're going to have fun doing this. Our conversations are never really serious. We we give each other some back and forth banter and whatnot like that, but uh, it, we still give you out some pretty decent takes, or at least on my end for Eric, it's always good takes. But anyways, it's it's always fun to just get out here and, and have fun with you guys, take some of your guys' questions and, and talk Broncos football. Now, Tonight, guys, unfortunately, I do have a, a minor family on. Um, not going to really spare any of the, the big details, but there was bloodshed. So we're, we've got it taken care of. Everything's fine for right now. Don't worry about us, but we're good to go. So uh, anyways, but tonight... We're going to take kind of Joe Lenardi from ESPN. He does a really good thing with the the NCAA March Madness Tournament where he says these are the last four teams that are in and the last four teams that are out of the March Madness Tournament. And he does a really good job predicting this stuff. And I'm not saying we're going to do a good job as far as predicting this, but this is just our projection right now. Who are the last four guys to make the Broncos roster and who are the first guys, uh, the first four guys that are not going to do so? But before we get into that, Nad Ludlow, unfortunately, not going to be able to make the show tonight with the $5 Super Chat. Just showing some love. Nad, we appreciate you, man. Hopefully you catch this later as just a podcast, wherever you wherever you get a chance to do so. Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever that may be. Hopefully, just a shout out to you, man. We, we appreciate your support. And, and thank you for continuing to show love to all the Huddle Up Pods. So. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Eric, 
you sent me a, a 53-man roster projection. I don't remember exactly all of it a few weeks ago. But if you had to say that there was four guys that were the last four on, the last four guys you called into the room, if you were you know, Vic Fangio saying, I need your iPad. We're going to talk about this really fast. We're going to see if you actually made the roster. Who would those four guys be? So I actually really went back and forth on this. Like I was looking at, I'm getting ready to do a 53 man roster projection for milehaddle.com. And so I was really looking at it, going over how I have it and everything. And one of the guys that I have that I just didn't feel quite comfortable yet leaving him off just because of the value he brings to special teams that I think based off of his college tape is Tyree Cleveland. I think that I don't think he pushes another receiver off really. I think that with Dejon Hamilton, Tim Patrick, those are guys that I think make it as well, looking at six receivers. But I mean, okay, so Deontay Spencer gets pushed off, I guess, would be one person that does. But uh, yeah, I think that Tyree Cleveland, because what he can bring as a gunner, um, potential as a returner as well. I think that just boosts him up there. And I think that he offers up a little bit more on the offensive side of the ball than Deontay Spencer does, which is able to get him that spot over him. Another guy I have is for the backup tackle. I've heard nothing but positives about him. He's a guy who he's entering his second year. He went undrafted last year, and I didn't like him. I thought that he was very fair to for him to go undrafted, but that's Quinn Bailey. I like him better inside, but everything I've gotten is that the Broncos really like him. They like the progress that he made last year, and he's going to be competing for a backup tackle spot, which one person that I spoke to made a comment about how that's that's why he thinks just to make clear he wasn't saying that was a reason it's why he thinks it's part of the reason why they were fine not taking a tackle in the draft is because of the development they're getting from quinn bailey asong bassi as another guy i have as one of those last guys in i think just the versatility that he brings to the defensive side of the ball with his second with his play in the secondary able to play a deep safety role able to play the nickel able to play a boundary corner i think all that is something that's there and the last guy is going to the defensive line and it's the guy they just signed in christian covington I mean, with the guys that they have on the defensive line, they really like Joel Joel Heath to be a defensive end for them. They brought him in, but I've seen. I, I mean, I've watched all the Christian Covington. I think he's a guy who kind of like Mike Purcell last year, where Vic Fangio told John Elway, "When you turn on the tape on this guy, you're just going to like him. You're going to love him." And Christian Covington is a guy that I feel that's kind of the same thing. He's more of a that three five tech instead of that zero one tech like Mike Purcell is, just to add more depth, more ability to get after the quarterback. And he's a very solid run defender as well. Just a key guy to have on depth on that defensive line, especially if somebody ends up getting hurt. So those are the last four guys that I'm calling in saying, Hey, you guys made the roster. Yeah. I actually agree with you on on one of them, Asong Bassi, as as far as one of the last four guys that's coming in. In fact, he was the number one guy on my last four that got onto the roster just because as you said, the versatility, I'm so scared of the cornerback depth with this team. And yes, he can play he can play inside, he can play outside, he can play that deep safety role, he can be that nickel safety if you need him to be to play inside and and hold his own in that stretch. But just the fact that the Broncos are going out and as I have it on my handwritten fifty three man roster in front of me. I have A.J. Bouye, Michael Ojemudia, Bryce Callahan, Devontae Bosby, and Devontae Harris as far as the, the top five guys. Asong Bassey coming in there just because the, the versatility with him, him, him being able to play inside and take those snaps away if for, if for chance that Bryce Callahan is not able to play. Having that sixth guy, that guy that can go and play on the inside like that, with Asong Bassey is a huge need for this team because I think Devontae Harris and Devontae Bosby playing on the outside. They are better on the outside than playing on the inside. So that's my first guy on the roster. Uh, after that, I actually am going in a, a big different direction here. This is something that I mentioned to you last night and a guy that you brought to my attention again as well. And Levante Bellamy being that fourth running back. And the reason why I say that is because this scheme with Pat Shermer not using two tight ends. You don't need a fourth tight end on the roster. You've already got three. You've got Noah Fant as your guy. You've got Nick Vanette as a guy they went out and paid, and they just drafted uh, Albert Okuegbanam. So why would you need a fourth tight end? And even if he does play those fullback snaps, it's not a, a, that's not a position that the that Pat Shermer really likes to use. He's down 11 personnel, one, wide receiver, one running back, one tight end, three wide receivers, and there's no need to have that fourth that fourth tight end. Why not get another pass-catching threat out of the backfield to help out with Drew Locke? 
The the third guy I have is Trey Marshall, and you are probably going to disagree with me on this one, but there is no deep safety outside of Justin Simmons on this roster. Uh, on the immediate guys that I wrote out when I projected my 53 guys, you have Kareem Jackson, who can play the deep safety role, but he's better being that nickel defensive back, that that strong safety playing in the box, playing around the, you know, out in the slot and stuff like that. Then you have, uh, let's see, you have Isaac Yadam, who's making a transition to safety, and Duke Dawson, who is at also that nickel defensive back. There's no deep threat. There's no deep safety coverage on this roster. And with Vic Fangio pressing the safeties to be those deep coverage guys, Trey Marshall is going to be the guy that makes the roster because of that. Uh now, as far as the offensive tackle depth goes, I don't think it's a guy that's on the roster right now. I'm actually kind of in the with with Zach Kelberman here just a little bit, just because I think the Broncos are going to go out and they're going to go find a veteran offensive tackle, somebody like I don't think it's going to be Jason Peters, but Kelvin Beecham is the guy that I think that they're going to go out and sign, and he's going to be the last guy on, which kicks Quinn Bailey and Jake Rogers off of the 53 man roster. Yeah, but you got to look at two offensive tackles. I mean, with Juwan James's injury history, you you got to have you got to have two backup tackles. You can't have just one backup swing tackle anymore. So I do agree that I think that they go get another veteran, but I think that Quinn Bailey still makes that roster over somebody else because again, you have to have four tackles just because of the injury concerns with uh, with Juwan James. And as for Trey Marshall, I actually don't agree or don't disagree. I think that he is a very good deep safety. Or let me, let me rephrase that. I think he is the only deep safety on the roster. I don't think he's good. That's, oh, yeah. that's that's where I disagree. I don't think he's good, but yeah, he is the, definitely the only one who can bring that. Even if they if they do fully transition Isaac Adam to safety, is he's not a deep safety guy. Duke Dawson's not a deep safety guy. I mean, only person who may be able to push him off is Douglas Coleman. So yeah, there's definitely it definitely makes sense for him to for him to make it because they just don't have that number three safety who can be that true deep guy. Because I mean, Justin Simmons he can do it, but it's not what he's best suited for. It's not what Kareem Jackson's best suited for. So that's that. And with Levante Bellamy, my thing is, is when I'm making my, uh, my 53 man roster projection for this is I was just looking at it, trying to figure out running backs and I only have three making it. And I think that I do have Levante Bellamy to make the practice squad, but it just came down to what, Royce Freeman brings as a receiver, being able to line up outside, I think is just a little bit more reliable than the complete unknown of Levante Bellamy right now. No, and that's a completely fair point. I have really liked Royce Freeman outside, especially on the slant passes that they were throwing to him early in the season with Joe Flacco at quarterback. Specifically in the Jacksonville Jaguars game, he caught a couple of passes going out that way. I believe he caught another couple in the Indianapolis game lined up on the outside, so I totally agree with that. I just think that out of the backfield, Royce Freeman is not quite that way because he's not as twitchy. Levante Bellamy being a twitchier kind of a player fits in just a little bit better. I think Freeman, with the special teams versatility there they're they're gonna ask him to do that bellamy at least adds another pass catching option out of the backfield not lined up on the outside well so, royce freeman royce freeman is, can do that as well royce freeman was actually really good outside of the backfield as a pass catcher last year but um just going before we get to the next part of this i want to get this david cromo thank you for the five dollar donation man we appreciate that oh yeah it's a long-term deal for justin simmons looking increasingly unlikely due to the likely drop in the cap um, right now, it's unsure what if the cap is going to drop or not. There's a lot of speculation that it will, but no, it's not going to hammer the or hurt any chances of a Justin Simmons deal. They still expected to get it done. Everybody that the Broncos have franchise tagged have gotten a long term deal done, and it is is still to be expected from from Justin Simmons, and they have a long time to to get it done still. So yeah. I don't think it's not it's not going to change anything there. No, July 15th, I believe, is the deadline. So they've still got a long ways to go on that. And deadline spur action, it, it, this goes back to Demarius Thomas, even. Von Miller as well. Uh, they waited until the last hour to make sure that they got a long-term deal done. But they, it, they still managed to get it done. So it's it, it, that's not a, a huge thing to me. Justin Simmons is going to be a Bronco for a long time. Now, before we get to any more of this, just a couple of quick matters of business, guys. Make sure you guys are following us on Twitter at SandersonMHH and for Eric at Eric Trickle. Notice the CK in Eric and the EL in Trickle. Also, make sure you guys are following at DVDD underscore pod. It's the easiest way to make sure you know what we are talking about on the podcast. We throw out some takes on there every now and again, but usually not that often. If you want to get our takes, make sure you're following us at least. If nothing else, 
Follow at Mile High Huddle for instant updates, news, and analysis on your Denver Broncos. That is the mother site. That is where you're going to find everything. Anything regarding not only Dove Valley Deep Divers, but anything that's going up on the website, any written content from anybody, film breakdowns, stuff like that. Seriously, if if you're not following Mile High Huddle, make sure you're doing so. Also, there was a question earlier about where can I find the merch store? And it was from Aiden Jaquez, I believe. HuddleUpPod.com. Go get your merch. Get yourself a hat. Get yourself a t-shirt. Anything. It, it doesn't matter. There's there's Huddle Up Pod stuff. There's Building the Broncos stuff. There's Dove Valley Deep Divers t-shirts, hats, mugs, the face mask, everything like that. If you want to be able to uh, support the show, that's a really great way to do so. But the simple and easiest way is if you're not willing to go out and, and spend a little bit of money on, on some merch, stuff like that, make sure you do these three things. Subscribe, like and share wherever you are at. If you're on Facebook, if you're on YouTube, if you're on Twitter, subscribe to us, like our content, smash that like button. And then if you really love what we're doing, share it out, send it to all of your friends, do whatever you can. It's the easiest way to make sure that you are supporting the show and also helping us grow. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. So with that, now, there was another super chat that just came in. I'm going to grab this, and then we're going to get back to the second half of this conversation really fast on who are the first four guys out of making the 53-man roster. And David Kilgore coming in with a $5 donation. David, we appreciate you, man. Thank you for joining us tonight. Talking safety, do you guys see us getting a, a veteran free agent safety or even Logan Ryan at cornerback? I'm going to take the, the second half of this question first. Logan Ryan is, from what we are – told or what is being reported out there the new york jets are very confident they're going to get logan ryan to sign a long-term deal also the miami dolphins i believe are in the mix there as well so i don't believe that's going to happen if uh as far as a a safety i'm not even sure of any names that the broncos might be even linked to but uh, it, i mean yeah it's a, it's kind of an interesting question there but uh, as far as a a, a depth cornerback piece, we talked about this just a little bit last night. It's probably going to happen closer towards the training camp side of things after the battle shakeout. The Broncos are, even though we are not high on the cornerback the depth, the Broncos are, and they want to see how that competition shakes out. So until that happens, don't look for them to go out and sign a cornerback guy. I'm not saying they won't, but just don't expect it. Yeah, I'm trying to look at some free agent safeties, and there's definitely a few talented guys out there but it's nobody that oh no it's guys that i just don't see as great fits for the scheme for the broncos with vic vangio but i mean it's hard to say there's definitely some guys out there um guys that you can take a low risk on potentially and see what you can get out of them guys to bring in and be competition with trey marshall for that spot but yeah, i think that with the potential of moving Isaac Yadam to safety and Duke Dawson basically being a safety. That's what he really was last year. He was that number three nickel safety kind of guy. I think that uh, they kind of like, like with cornerback, they want to see how those guys do, how they step up at safety before they go and look at that. That seems to be the pathway they're taking with all this. Cause right now with everything going on, everything being virtual, it's hard for them to, to go that way, but just kind of want to see what happens first before they, they really go get spend money on bringing a safety. Cause one thing that teams hate doing is going and bringing in a veteran at a position to help boost the depth and then see a young guy take a big step forward. They absolutely hate seeing that happen because the whole point of this is to get younger. And then you just, you go bring in that veteran and congratulations, you just wasted some money. And here's the thing with, when, with companies and everything, they don't like wasting money. So it all, it all comes down to, comes down to that. So I don't really see it. Um, And yeah, with Logan Ryan, um, if they wanted to use him in a versatile role similar to Kareem Jackson, I could see it. But as a pure cornerback, he wasn't that good last year. He allowed over a thousand yards receiving, like almost every major statistical category and advanced statistical statistical category, except for interceptions. He was like bottom five in every single one for a cornerback. So that's just not something that uh, I really like to see. And he was he was just a big weakness on that. But we'll see what happens if he ends up ending up with the Jets. I know Denver did have interest in him. 
but uh, that was a while ago and his uh, what the word was was that his price was a little bit too high yeah again it's just it's really hard to tell right now especially with everything being virtual and you you really don't know there's no really information coming out of it until we really get to see guys throw some pads on and stuff like that. And that might be a couple months. We really don't even know with that, but still there's with, with, with the word coming out of Dove Valley and especially with Vic Fangio and his past making lesser name cornerbacks and making them stand out and getting high quality play out of those guys. You might as well just kind of sit back and enjoy the ride for a minute. Cause that's really what's going to happen. Like we really don't know anything and because of Vic Fangio, there's no need to go out and go do that. Even though we don't like the depth, there's no need for him to to go. No need for John Elway to go out and get a guy because Vic Fangio is going to do wonders with his cornerback with his cornerback room and and the safeties as well. So now to move this conversation forward just a little bit, again, guys, get your questions in quickly because I got to run. I've got like I said, I got a minor family emergency going on. So get your questions in quick. Uh, anything you guys want to get at us, but anyways, Eric, so. Because of your first four or the, the last four in, who are your first four out? So t- going back to that offensive tackle position, and there's actually a question about here about keeping that fourth offensive tackle on the practice squad and everything, is that's that's a fine idea. But I think that at that point, you're looking for that. I think that you'd rather just keep them on the active roster anyways, not have to worry about it later. Because if Jawan James gets hurt, then you have to go and make the adjustments to, for them to be on that 53-man roster. Not to mention, by the way, I absolutely hate that rule about being able to call up two players off the practice squad. If you're going to do that to where you can have 55 active on game day, just make that the standard. Hey, you can now have 55-man rosters instead of 53 and calling two up. Like I think I find that so stupid. Like I get the reasoning for it, still stupid to me. Um, but yeah, is on that note is if Juwan James gets hurt, you have to call him up. Then you have to just keep him on the fifty-three men roster and all this stuff like that. And then you want you want those two positions to be able to be changed week by week based off of weaknesses. Like if you're facing a team with strong tight ends, maybe you want to bring in an extra linebacker, or maybe you're starting to maybe maybe fingers crossed here. Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson are both hurt a little bit and banged up and you fear they might get get injured worse if they play. Maybe you want to use one of those two spots or both those spots to be able to bring up safeties that you have on the practice squad or defensive backs. You want to be able to have the options with them. So I just don't like that. But anyways, back to the actual question with this is with Quinn Bailey making it, I see Jake Rogers getting out. I think that he is limited to just right tackle, and we don't know with Quinn Bailey. He may be just limited to right tackle too. We just don't know yet. But Jake Rogers last year wasn't good. Uh, I had high hopes for him based off of what I saw in the preseason, and he did okay at the right tackle position, but he got moved over to left tackle and was just atrocious there. And then during the season, he was all right but just not a guy that I see a lot of upside in. I think that there's more upside with Quinn Bailey. So I'm going to go with the younger guy here. Andrew Beck, he's another one. I really want to find a spot for him on my 53-man roster, but I just can't. He's a guy that, and and I'll say this, is he's a guy that I think I'm going to regret leaving off because he's a guy that the few times that Vic Fangio or that Pat Schirmer uses a fullback, it's going to be, it's going to be Andrew Beck. So it's I just can't figure out who I want to take off for him. That's something that I'm still looking at. And maybe by the time I actually type up my 53-man roster projection, that actually changes. But right now, Andrew Beck's off just because I don't see a need for a fourth tight end, even though he has the versatility to be a fullback. Another one is Austin Schlotman. He's a guy that I think he'll be one of the first guys they want to bring back on the practice squad. With looking at it, looking at the interior offensive line, you have Lloyd Cushenberry, Patrick Morris, Graham Glasgow, and... Um, Nathaniel Muti. So I think right there is with those guys, you're fine on the interior offensive line. Maybe Austin Schlotman's a guy. If one of them get banged up again, he's a guy you call up. But I don't think that you have to have um, have six players for that. I think you can get by with five because of the versatility of multiple of multiple players there. Nathaniel Muti being able to play either side, Lloyd Cushenberry being a, and Patrick Morris and Graham Glasgow being able to be a guard or a center. You can get off with that. And the last one I had here, and this was actually a late change. Originally, I had Isaac Yadam, and then I changed it to Devontae Harris. And the reason for this is simple. is Isaac Yadam, I think that with them wanting to move into safety, and the fact that they invested a third-round pick, I still think that they kind of want to hold on to that a little bit. They have a lot less invested in Devonta Harris. And not to mention, the biggest fact for why I change this is Devonta Harris played bad enough last year to get benched for Isaac Adam. So that's why I finally made that switch, is for the longest time I had Devonta Harris over Isaac Adam. But I made that change 
because for that simple reason, first and foremost. And so those are my four guys, Jake Rogers, Andrew Beck, Austin Schlotman, and Devonta Harris. Oh, so I actually have two of those guys, uh, Jake, Jake Rogers and Andrew Beck. Andrew Beck is actually the first guy that I have not making the roster. Um, but the second guy I have is Demarcus Walker with the Christian Covington, McTelvin and Gene coming in as well. Demarcus Walker being strictly as a, you know, that, that five technique, five, seven guy that, that really is not going to be able to play inside. At least McTelvin and Gene can play that five technique, but he can also slide inside in some sub packages. He's probably going to play more on the inside than he is going to play like that zero one, three technique that he is going to play at the five technique, but then also Christian Covington coming and that signing right there tells me that Demarcus Walker is literally on his way out the door and there's not going to be a chance for him to come out and, and make it back into the practice squad. They're going to release him and they are going to let him just walk off. That's that's how that's going to roll, in my opinion. Now, the third guy I have is Malik Reed. Actually, I thought that Malik Reed had a chance to, to make it back onto the roster again. But with with the addition of Justin Sternod, as that inside linebacker, you still have Justin Hollins as well. And he can play that edge. He can be that kind of pseudo the off-ball linebacker. He can play he can play the edge, be, a, be as a pass rusher. Malik Reed just didn't fit. And I actually have Justin Hollins as my fourth uh outside linebacker behind Bradley Chubb, Von Miller, and Jeremiah Tauchu. So with my four inside linebackers, I have uh, Alexander Johnson, Todd Davis, Josie Jewell, and Justin Sternod, with Hollins being that kind of pseudo in between there. Malik Reed just doesn't fit. He struggled, especially towards the later half of the season. He flashed early, but there was just he didn't hold up well in the running game, couldn't set an edge, and just the, the pass rush presence that he had in the Chargers game, that week five game, where he had a I, I believe it was a, at least a sack, if not a sack and a half. We never saw that throughout the rest of the year. And then Jeremiah Tauchu took his place. So there's no spot for Malik Reed there. Now I have Jake Rogers as my number four guy. Quinn Bailey, I didn't even have making the roster just because I believe that the the Broncos are going to go out and sign that veteran offensive tackle. But with Elijah Wilkinson, and I know that we disagree with the Broncos front office, but they are wanting to play him at the offensive tackle position, which is boldly stated by John Elway saying that Garrett Bowles and Elijah Wilkinson are going to compete for that left tackle spot. So regardless of what everybody wants to think, regardless of what we want to think, the Broncos think that he can play at the tackle position. So I have him as my third offensive tackle on the roster just because he's already there. That veteran free agent is going to come in during training camp. Jake Rogers and, and Quinn Bailey are going to be kicked off. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Yeah, definitely some good players there. I definitely agree with the Marcus Walker and all that. But guys, just so you know, we're not cutting it short because my daughter is sick. She threw up a little bit. She's feeling fine now. Like, she's not sick. She just got a little overheated. Something upset her tummy, and she threw up. She's not sick. She's been fine since then. We got all cleaned up. That is not why we're cutting the, the podcast short whatsoever. It's not because of my daughter. It's something with Lance that if he wants to tell you guys, that's on him. But just let you know, it's not because my daughter's sick. It's, she's fine. Made sure she was fine. If she wasn't fine, I wouldn't be here. Doing, no, it, you know. It, it, I, I made sure everything was good, but and I, I will share just a little bit. So uh, we have a family gathering going on. We got some people over, and I'm down here doing this, and everyone was fine with that. But uh, Samantha was cutting a watermelon and cut the pad of her finger off. So we are in the middle of taking care of that. So that is that is why I said we got to make sure we take this get this quick because we've got her cleaned up and everything's fine. But still, at the same time, want to make sure that I'm up there with her and making sure everything's good. So that is that is the reason why we are going to cut this short a little bit tonight. Like I said, there was bloodshed. So, right, I, so there is one question here too that I really want to address. Sorry before we get to the super chats, but Vinny P. Um, Maybe room for Demarcus Walker because Casey being able to play edge. So Casey can't play edge. He's not a stand-up edge player like Vaughn or Chubb is. He is a defensive lineman just like DeMar- um, Demarcus Walker is. Um, they're just defensive linemen. They do the same thing. So if Chubb or Vaughn gets injured, then you're looking at Jeremiah Tauchu, maybe Malik Reed if he makes it, Justin Hollins if he makes it, although they want to move him off ball more so than they did last year. That's where they originally had him, and they want to hit, have him continue to learn how to play off ball linebacker. And then um, then uh, Derek Tuska, like those guys are your edges. Jarrell Casey, Demarcus Walker, they're both on your defensive line. And looking at that, there's really no room for Demarcus Walker on here, unless you, I mean, I mean, you can argue with him over like uh, uh, Christian Covington or something like that. But I think at this point, it's the the time is done with Demarcus Walker. 
Yeah. I do want to say, though, the, the Tennessee Titans, and uh, honestly, going back and watching some McTelvin and Jeem as well, those guys, they may not be like, like lining up purely as an edge rusher, but they can rush from that seven technique. They can play on the outside as well. It's it, That's a, a sub-package sub kind of a thing where – in a, in a crazy scenario, you know what? To hell with it. We're going to line up Jarrell Casey as that seven technique and see what he can do and bring a new look. But it's not going to be the the primary with him. He's going to be that three five technique. And it, it, even with McTelvin and Jim, you're going to see him as a zero one three and maybe a five technique. And yes, he can play out outside of this that six seven technique as well. But he's going to be more on the inside, and so is Jarrell Casey. So with Demarcus Walker again, like I said, there's just there's no versatility with him. He's not going to be able to line up inside. He's not going to be able to line up on the outside, despite him seeing some snaps with Vance Joseph in his rookie year out there. That was a different kind of a scenario. He dropped a lot of weight. He was really sick in, in training camp. He dropped a lot of weight, and they tried to use him in, in that way to get him on the outside playing at that outside linebacker linebacker position, playing that seven technique, and it didn't work. He was horrible. He didn't hold up in the running game, offered very little pass protection, but still – Demarcus Walker, without offering a lot of versatility in where he can hold multiple roles and also be able to to stand up in the running game, not only at at the seven technique, at the five or the three, he's he's just not that kind of a player. So Demarcus Walker is probably the guy that, like I said, I have him as my number three guy that he just barely misses the cut. But with the signing of Christian Covington, the drafting of McTelvin Ajim, there's no room for him anymore on on this defensive line. Yeah, and we got a couple of super chats. We're going to grab them. David Kilgore comes in with a $5 donation. Thank you again, David. Do you guys yeah. see any trades then at any position before we start the season? Thanks, guys. Hope everything is okay with it, family. Everything's fine. No, we're um, good. It's, it's, just a, it's just a flesh wound for Lance's girlfriend. So it's Monty Python there a little bit. Oh, love, <laughs> awesome movie. Love Monty Python and the Holy Girl. It's just a scratch. Get back here. I'll bite your bloody legs off. Anyways, <laughs> um, as for seeing any trades, that's always that's always an interesting question, but always one that's just it's very hard to answer. Um, just because we it's hard it's hard to predict. I mean, last year, if somebody told me that Denver was gonna go and trade for Duke Dawson and then they trade for somebody else too, right before or was it just no oh, no, they picked up and then they picked up three claim three guys on waivers. Yeah, uh, I was thinking they made a trade there, but it, it's always hard to predict with that. I think that Denver ends up making a trade. I could see it being for an tackle. I could see it being for a safety. I could even see it be for an edge rusher as well. But uh, it, it's hard to say who. Hard to say with what team. But those are a few positions I would be keeping an eye on. Yeah, just a quick question regarding the edge rusher there. Out of the out of the guys that I've already said, and the the one that you had said as well, you have Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, obviously Jeremiah Tauchu, who's probably going to make the roster based on what he did last year, and the fact the Broncos went out and re-signed him to be a, another depth rusher. So now you have Malik Reed, Derek Tuska, and uh, Justin Hollins. Who do you have five guys, or is it just four at the outside linebacker that edge rusher position? So on. Since you're going to make me spoil some of my uh, 53-man roster projection, as it stands now, still building it, still looking at it, still looking it over. But right now, I have five edge rushers with Von don't Miller. You don't have to name names if you don't want to. Uh, I was I, just I, got you, yeah, I, got, I, I got to because there's something that needs to be explained a little bit. Um, Von Miller, Derek Tuska, Bradley Chubb, Jeremiah Tauchu, Malik Reed. Those are the five I have. But I also have Justin Hollins making it with every conversation I've had is that it seems to be that they really want to move him more to off ball. So I have him considered as an off ball linebacker in my projection right now, but I have gone back and forth of taking I, both Justin Hollins and Malik Reed off and at least one of them and subbing them out for somebody else still going back and forth on that. So that might be a change that to come up, but yeah, right now I have, I guess you can say six edges because of Justin Hollins versatility, but I have him as an off ball. So it's just five. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have I have four inside linebackers with, uh, like I said, Alexander Johnson, Todd Davis, Josie Jewell, and Justin Sternad making the roster, and then four outside linebackers in Miller, Chubb, Atauchu, and Hollins. I don't even have Tuska or Malik Reed making the roster there. So that I just well, I, I like you're, you're going to be wrong on Tuska. I, I, well, I imagine so, that, and that's fine. I just uh, to to make a, an interesting kind of a conversation. I kept six wide receivers, I kept six cornerbacks, and I kept five uh, five safeties. So there's, oh. yep, I kept five safeties. I have going with the, uh, going with the eleven defensive backs. Yep, eleven. I defensive like it. Backs. Spicy. I, 
but I have I have uh, Kareem Jackson. I have Justin Simmons, Isaac Yadam, Duke Dawson, and Trey Marshall. Like I said, Trey Marshall is one of my last four on the roster just because the versatility – not the versatility, but the ability to play that deep safety position. And there's none of the other four guys – other than Justin, there's none of the other five guys other than Justin Simmons that I trust to be able to play that deep safety role. Duke Dawson, Isaac Adam, they can rotate over and play that cornerback and they can play inside or outside. Well, particularly on the outside to help with the outside cornerback coverage there. But with Trey Marshall being that deep safety, I think that that's actually the uh, position the Broncos should go. Um, Outside of that, I also have Natani Moody making the roster, but I only have four offensive guards. I do have uh, two centers, Cushenberry and Morris, and the four offensive tackles, uh, Garrett Bowles, Juwan James, Elijah Wilkinson, and that veteran backup. So I have 10 offensive linemen. I have 11 defensive backs, uh, six wide receivers, and then four everywhere else. It's going to be a little bit thin at the linebacker position, but just the the best 53, in my opinion, doesn't include Derek Tuska. It doesn't include uh, Malik Reed. Getting that six, that six defensive back, that six cornerback, to help with the depth there. And also Deshaun Hamilton. I think that Deshaun Hamilton still has a role on this roster as good, as good of a route runner as he is. Yes, Tyree Cleveland with the special teams impact there. But he's so raw as a receiver. You're going to keep that guy to be a, a special teams player, a kick returner specifically, I believe. Kick off returner, not a punt returner. I think that K, uh, KJ Hamler takes that role. But with Tyree Cleveland, you got to have some, got to have some gunners. And Tyree Cleveland is going to be one of the better of the bunch. So Terry Randall comes in with a five dollar donation out of Canada. Eric, any sleeper O line still out there to push the depth chart? Um, off the top of my head, I can't think of any. I'm, I'm sure there are, but I'm not familiar with who's still available or anything like that. So uh, hard for me to answer with that. Hashtag Eric Tive rocks. I don't know. I don't. Th- I don't agree with this one. I think I. I really hate this tie. I don't think it's that nice. <laughs> um, hashtag state of being. Yes, definitely. Hashtag state of being. You are the obvious proof here that Broncos country is a state of being and not a geographical location. And we appreciate you, Terry, with your consistency with coming and joining with the not just not just the Valley Deep Divers, but every single podcast from the Huddle Up Podcast Network. Yeah, he is the one of the true Mount Rushmore members up there. And ha- again, hashtag state of being. Uh, let's see here. Uh, and then Manny Wise comes in with a $10 donation. Doesn't say anything, but thank you, Manny. We appreciate that. And uh, really like the the thing behind you in your profile picture there. Yeah, I love the flag. Obviously, that it's dope, Broncos. Dude. That is way dope. All right. Uh, so, real quick, though, I, I wanted to say this earlier, but, but I wanted to get those Super Chats in there, is you only have four four off-ball linebackers. Hey, that's fine, as long as it's not eight. I'm still baffled that Denver's <laughs> right. right. Yeah, no, still no. boggles my mind. Yeah, it, no last, last year's depth chart, the last year's roster keeping eight off ball linebackers with the, who, who did, I can't even remember all of them. It was just like, why, why, what are you doing? I, I, I get that you, you want to have that coverage linebacker, especially in Vic Fangio's scheme, but still, man, none of those guys that they were keeping on the ros- roster offered up any coverage ability. None, none of them at all. Maybe Joe Jones, but he was still hurt. Like, come on. I don't get the love for Joe Jones, man. I, I really don't. Like, I get a couple years ago he showed potential there, but he's never lived up to it. So, like, hey, he's he's a solid special teamer, but Josie Jewell is better than him. I don't think he makes this roster. But, Joseph, we appreciate it. We do appreciate you all guys looking out for us and making sure everything's okay and everything. Uh, and just want to make that clear. We do appreciate you guys. And trust us, if something was bad enough to where we couldn't be here, we wouldn't be on here. Uh, it happens all the it happens. Well, I don't want to say it happens all the time. I mean, it's always you're going off and traveling and everything. But, uh, but yeah, if something ever were to happen, for, happen to be an illness or something like that, we wouldn't we wouldn't be on here. We 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 know better than that. Is yeah. we we love doing this. Don't get us wrong. But I mean, I love my daughter and my wife a little bit more. Just a little bit. Yeah, only a little bit. Yeah, and that, that's the thing. Every time I go out traveling, every time I miss a podcast, it's because I go home to see my family. I, I live three and a half hours away from where my folks are, and I have two beautiful grandchildren to them that they love and enjoy to see. So I try to go see those guys as often as possible. And unfortunately, with us having a Saturday show, that means that sometimes I have to miss a Saturday show. But yeah. Well, never mind. I, I won't get into the whole Saturday thing, uh, <laughs> yeah. anyways, because we're still a little bit down the road from that. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes, we are. But, but anyway, Biggie E Bronco. Why do you? I'm assuming you meant why. 
Um, why do you think Isaac Adam will be a safety? It's just the conversation I've heard. And I think his skill set is a little bit better suited for a safety. He is in his own, in his way is similar to Duke Dawson. Um, not the most fluid of guys. His change of direction isn't the greatest, but he's just a guy with solid range to be a safety who can come up. And one of the things that really a lot of, I think a lot of fans don't give Isaac Adam enough credit for is how good he was against the run. He was actually really good last year when defending the run. And there were multiple times too, where he gave up the catch. Yeah. And it was a big play, but he had perfect coverage on it. It was just a better throw. Sometimes a perfect throw can be good coverage. And that happened to him a lot, a, a couple times, not every time, by no means was it every time. And he perfectly was deserving of getting benched because his playing coverage wasn't as good. But, uh, but yeah, I think that he just offers up enough of the traits that you want to be a safety. And, but it's mainly led by the fact that that's just what I've heard is that they kind of want to transition to that safety role for it. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I, I just, the, the struggles that he has on the outside, I totally agree with that, that, that Raiders game week one where Darren Waller absolutely torched him on the outside through at least the first half he did come back in the second half i know where you're going with this yes he did come back in the second half and he had a very good second half darren waller flat abused him absolutely abused him in the first half and it was it was a lot of it was a lot of the scheme too he was playing off the ball and and letting darren waller get a free release off the line of scrimmage when he's physical and playing in man coverage he's actually a really good cornerback when he's playing in off zone he's not a good cornerback and this is a it's kind of a confusing thing to me but I, i i agree with this get him off let him see get him off the ball get him back deep let him see what happens in front of him he is athletic good click and close and can drive on the football and move forward. This is a big thing that I had with Bryce Cal or uh, Bryce Hall, excuse me. The the University of Virginia cornerback in the draft this year was get him back, get him off the ball and let him drive forward. He's a better playmaker moving forward than he is laterally and moving backwards. That's why I wanted him to playing that safety position and this is a big thing with Isaac Yadam and I can see this. So with with Isaac Adam, he definitely he did improve in that second half against Oakland. But one of the big plays that Darren Waller had on him, I think it was Darren Waller. It might have been um, the wide receiver Williams. Um, might have been him, but it was on the sideline. And Isaac Adams' coverage couldn't could have been a little bit better, but it was almost perfect. And he was just beat by a throw on one of the ones with with Darren Waller. It definitely was the fact that he was playing off. Darren Waller just faked the outside and then cut inside and had the ball there immediately. And then just made a big play. And another one was the safety was out of position. So not all on Isaac Adam, but again, not defending him because he definitely had plenty of other boneheaded plays. But it's when you sit there and say that Darren Waller completely thrashed him is eh, that's a little iffy because it wasn't just Isaac Adam that contributed in that. But no, so I drew already drew a mustache on my laptop for your face, just so you know. <laughs> it doesn't move, so it's a little weird at times. But anyway, Terry Randall comes in with another two dollar donation, saying stumped on a hashtag for Lance. Um, I'd make a joke here, but I don't think Lance would appreciate it. It's Do a, it, a, shoot a, it, shoot it! I dare you. Hash, hashtag Chewy. Hashtag so, Chewy. Okay, that's that's Lance all right. A very hairy dude. Yes, I am. <laughs> I I am a very hairy man, and I will embrace that. I mean, do you see my face hair? But you don't actually see like my arms are super hairy, my legs are super hairy. I am I'm just a hairy dude, and that's fine. However, baby update, baby update. Lance should Lance should name his son Bawana Beast. Okay, all right, John. <laughs> I appreciate that. I was just about to say that. Baby update. If you're if you need a hashtag for Lance. Hashtag Lance's diaper fund, please help yeah. me out. I need all of the diapers oh, that I can get. Diapers oh. are expensive, man. Yes, they are. We are finding that out. And Every time we get paid, we're going out to go get diapers. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, another update here. Uh, our our due date was bumped up July 29th. Kevin Elliot Sanderson will be born July 29th. So just so you guys are aware. After my daughter. Hey, hey, look at that. Anyways, Gary Palmer comes in with a $2 donation. Love when you guys are on. Hey. We appreciate the $2 donation, donation, and we love that you love when we are on. We love being on, too. Yeah, being on with you guys and, and enjoying just the conversation. And, again, here we go. with the. We're not talking football. We're just having fun. It, this is what we do. And I love the fact that you guys are all coming here to join us and the fact that there's a lot of people that say, you know what, this is the best podcast because you don't shoot the bull it, like you don't play the politics and everything like that. You guys just have fun when you do this. And to, to the fact that you come on and, and help us out, help our cause, that means a lot to us. There is another 
on here. I was going to go. Angela comes in with a Canadian $14 donation. Thanks for all your insights. Hashtag state of being and go Canada. And you are proof that once again, and I'm going to say this just because the thing is that, uh, that Broncos country is a G is you are proof that tongue tied. You are proof that Broncos country is a state of being instead of a geographical location. And Juan, I uh, I say that because I just can't talk. <laughs> state of being. <laughs> I, I don't I don't pronounce pronunciate words very well, and, uh, <laughs> and being feels awkward when I say it. So there it is. Talking there comes it is. out again. Terry coming back in, man. I, I I love you, Terry. You are the, you're the best, dude. Uh, Two dollar hashtag Lance's diaper fund. You know what? You got Nick's beer fund going. I I see you. I I see you. Hashtag Nick's beer fund. Every time you every time you donate to Nick and those guys. <laughs> hashtag Nick's beer fund. So, welcome, Malcolm. Hello from Tie Dye Town, Alaska. <laughs> that that he's from Homer, <laughs> which is tied out, which is tied uh, Tie Dye Central. Um, I haven't been at Homer in quite a few years, so I don't know if it's as bad as it used to be. But man, it used to be really bad there with all the with the the hippies that were living there. Um, I still deal with them a little bit because they have to come into my courthouse. But uh, but yeah, it's I don't know if it's still the same. And my wife and I are actually talking about going down there at some point this summer, depending on how everything the situation in the world goes. So definitely something with that. And there was a question here that I really wanted to get to. Um, I got to scroll back up so we can actually get to some questions here. I, I'm going to have to here jump out of here, here soon. Here it is. Okay, Elway's contract ends in 2022. Do we cut him loose or extend him? I said we need to shake up, do what the Bills did, and let Vic Fangio hand like Elway. Um, I've actually gone back and forth on this. I actually did a video that never got published because, of course, I did the video on the Broncos end up winning like the next two games of how John Elway should have been fired last year just because of the mistakes that he's made. Um, <laughs> is uh, Just most of the mistakes that he's made are things that he could have easily just avoided, but he didn't either out of arrogance or whatever. We don't know, but he just has made a lot of mistakes. But I think at this point is we got to see what happens now. I think that by 2022, depending on where the Broncos are in their rebuild, I can see them extending them. If things don't go as they plan, then you definitely want to consider letting him go and shaking things up because there's something there that we just can't get back to being a competitive team. So it's something that it's definitely something that we have to uh, keep an eye on with how the Broncos perform over the next few seasons between now and then. Well, a big part of that is just the instability in quarterback play. And yes, John Elway did play a hand in that by not going. Obviously, the Paxton Lynch flop, that that hurts if you miss on a quarterback in the draft, especially if you trade up for the guy. That hurts a lot. But even after that, going out and getting Mark Sanchez, going out and getting Case Keenum, going out and getting Joe Flacco. And now we're, we're going to see how this turns around because I believe Drew Locke actually has the goods. I think that he can be a good quarterback. But still, the 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 lack of the uh, effective quarterback play over the last three seasons, three or four seasons, evenly, even going back to Super Bowl Fifty, th that defense carried the team. They literally carried the team to the Super Bowl victory. And Peyton Manning was atrocious. Let's not mince words. Brock Osweiler came in and carried and, and helped win some games and whatnot. But still, the defense carried the team. He had lackluster quarterback play the entire time. Over the last three seasons, specifically with Trevor uh, Trevor Simeon. Case Keenum, Joe Flacco, and Brandon Allen, all, the, all that stuff. If you don't have stable quarterback play, and yes, this comes on to the GM to find that stable quarterback play. But still, if you don't have stable quarterback play, any good moves you make, especially for John Elway over the last couple of seasons, we're seeing really good draft classes coming out of him again. And yes, the 2017 class could have been very explosive had some people stayed healthy and not gotten caught with weed. But they're like... Yes, there are some questions that need to be asked, but let's see how he does with stable quarterback play, back-to-back -to, -back to now back quality draft classes. Let's see what, how this, this team shakes up. And maybe in 2022, you see John Elway extended again. And Angela comes in with another one, hashtag Lance Diaper Fund, hashtag Eric's Tie Fund, go Broncos. Angela, we appreciate it. Definitely, you are just such an awesome supporter of the show. Unfortunately, I can't say if you're on the other ones. I think you are. I just can't remember. 
but no, we appreciate I, you. And I know that everyone else appreciates you as well. I think I figured out how to say her last name, Halafka. Finally, I think I figured out Halafka. I, I hope that's right. If not, I'm sorry. But but anyways, no, Angela, we appreciate you. Um, Many-wise, Prescott was number two for Elway. I mean, not counting the top guys, as Lynch was definitely the guy from the start, and Prescott was after him. If they didn't get Lynch, they would have gone after Prescott. And who knows how that would have turned out, because Prescott has definitely you know, benefited from that line and running game that the Dallas Cowboys have had. Uh, All right, guys. Unfortunately, <laughs> I, I have to call her here tonight. I've, I've got to get back upstairs. We're at 47 minutes now. I have to call her, shut her down. I do apologize for that. I've got some stuff that I've got to get taken care of. As Bawana says, he's our moderator. He is the, the mayor of the YouTube community. Everyone give a like for our hosts. Remember to speak with them on their articles at milehighhuddle.com and on Twitter. And the easiest way to do so is to follow us at Sanderson MHH and for Eric at Eric Trickle. You guys can also follow the show again at DVDD underscore pod. Follow at Mile High Huddle for instant news and analysis, breaking news, uh, updates, film articles, anything like that regarding your Denver Broncos. Also, Head on over, huddleuppod.com. Get your swag on, get your merch, get your hat, get your T-shirt, do whatever you got to do. Help the, help support the cause. That That's the, the one of the easiest ways. And again, if nothing else, subscribe, like, and share. Subscribe to us on, on YouTube. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Like the video. Share it out to all your friends. The easiest way to make sure that you are doing everything you can to support not only Dove Valley Deep Divers, but building your Broncos and the Huddle Up Podcast. Now, with that, Eric, any last words? Yeah. Um, Biggie, that's definitely a possibility that John Elway decides to walk away. Um, the contracts can't. I can see the reasoning there with the contracts and everything. I think that also one reason we can sit there and say that they structured the contracts the way they did is if everything blows up in their face, they want to be able to get out of them pretty quickly. It's hard to say what the case is, but that whatever. Um, it, that very well may be the case. Many-wise, um, the coaches actually wanted Lynch as well, but Lynch was John Elway's guy. And last thing I got to say before we get out of here is there's a book series out there called Red Rising. It's a young adult series, although there is, it seems more adultish when you read it. Um, if you guys are into like science fiction and like, there's a lot of, lot of violence in it. Um, but it's about a class system in society. H hundreds of years from now, human humanity has populated the other planets, terraformed the other planets to be habitable. And there's a class system and basically a guy from the bottom class that are that's based off of colors. The bottom class is a red. He ends up being basically surgically enhanced to be part of a gold class and basically tear down the golds and the, what's called the society from the inside out. Really good series. There's five books. It's by a guy named Pierce Brown, I believe is what his name is. Definitely check it out. Really good series. I have to throw that out there just because I'm reading that series right now for the second time. Really love the series. Nerd. Yes, I am. Can't you tell? <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> All right. All right, Boba Fett. I, I, I see you. Angela, coming in last minute here. Lance, have fun with the last name. Have a vodka. Is is that have a vodka? Is is that how you say that? I don't I don't know. I, I give up. Anyways, guys, thank you all once again for joining the Dove Valley Deep Divers Live podcast. We love you all. We appreciate you. You guys stay safe, take care, and have a great evening and rest of your weekend. We'll see you guys later. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.